0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish
1: Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sally James. Welcome to the show today. We'll be looking ahead to Saturday's derby against Brentford at Craven Cottage the first home league match of the season and it is a big one we'll also have the final word from Everton on Saturday as the whites picked up an opening day win in part two we'll be talking transfers yes this is the podcast that talks more about Al Halal than Fulham these days Mitro is subject to another bid from Saudi Arabia we'll also get thoughts on adama triore uh, juan Nardoni uh, is in the mix and is hudson adoy off to palace at the end i have got so many questions i'm going to try and get through as many of them as possible and this will catch on and a little surprise and today's. this will catch on it's gonna be fun uh, i'm joined by jack collins as always hello hello mate hello listeners how you doing Good, thank you. No Peter Rutzler today, but we've got Dean Jones stepping into his big shoes. Hello, Dean.
2: (laughs) Hello, mate. How are you doing? Good to be back.
1: Yeah, great to have you back on the show, uh, Dean. And especially as we're talking transfers today, no finer man for the job. Although, sadly, Dean... um, it's going to be a little bit more about who might be leaving rather than who's mm. uh, who's coming in. But that's uh, kind of been the, the, the theme all summer still, when, you're ever, when you're on.
2: I know. I mean, I go away for three and a half weeks thinking, right, by the time I get back to Fulham, surely we're talking about some proper incomings and we can move on from this. We're still in basically the same position we were when I was last on. So that is extremely frustrating. But um yeah, at least that win at the weekend helps us be a little bit more buoyant about how things might turn out.
1: Yeah, it was a huge win um, on Saturday. Jack, let's just get into it. Do a final word on on that magnificent 1-0 win. I was so happy at this one. It just felt like it meant so much. It, it takes the edge off this opening four matches. Look, Saturday is still huge. We'll come on to it. But... In the circumstances, especially given all the problems that Fulham have had in pre-season. Yes, it wasn't pretty, but to come away with three points it doesn't really matter how it happens. Is just a fantastic position for Fulham to be in.
3: Yeah, you've got to be just excited and, and delighted with with coming off with three points in the opening game. And yes, we've won our last two times at Goodison Park now, but it has been an unhappy hunting ground. That's the end of our time experiencing Goodison Park, I'd imagine, because it looks like they're going to be at their new home at Bramley Moor Dock or whatever it's actually going to be called by next season. So a way to bow out. Um, Look, obviously, I think that there were elements of of luck involved with the various missed chances, but also um, with a couple of decisions that went our way. It's one of those where we've managed to weather a storm, bring on the big guns, and, and come away with a, a smash and grab job. But yeah, you can't be happier than when you get those kind of results. And it was a real smile on the faces everywhere, I think.
1: Yeah, Dean. Um, and we saw Bobby get the winner such an underrated player, isn't he? Um, I enjoyed in the the Sunday club, they called him the Jamaican army knife. And, and that really just sums him up so well, came off the bench, back post, right place, right time. And something else they said on the Sunday club, which was so true. It was shades of Ryan Sessegnon, just, at the back post, everyone had just forgotten that he was on the pitch. And, and and a really smart finish. I hope this is another season of Bobby Deckard Overread, picking up the plaudits. Just by it feels like a constant desire that we all have to to knock Bobby out of the team. Whenever you see people's <laughs> dream 11s, Bobby is seldom in there. And and yeah. I don't know what more he has to do. <laughs>
2: Yeah, look, I mean, in a summertime, you get excited about new signings arriving um, and you tend to forget about the players that have been loyal to you and have put in good shifts for you week after week. And we should be celebrating someone like Bobby Reid at a moment like this for stepping forward and earning us those points because... Yeah, at a time when loyalty is being tested of our manager, of our best player, um, there are players like Bobby that have been through ups and downs in their Fulham career, but have stuck at it and are just being so persistent with their um, professionalism and their desire to be part of the Fulham project. Um, I think Bobby's always been a good tool for for Marco to have in his locker and he utilises him extremely well. I think like when... You talk about getting towards a new season and looking for depth in a squad. There's very few teams that have a player like Bobby Reid who steps forward in any sort of fixture, really. Like, it could be a big game against Man United. It could be against one of the promoted clubs. And he could still make the difference. Like, you always can count on him. So I'm delighted for him. And I'm actually kind of delighted for Fulham that this guy's sticking around.
3: Can I just add that I think that Bobby Reid is one of those players who you trust when he's in front of goal. Now, obviously, he couldn't have missed... This chance, right? This is as about as simple as it gets. But I think do you remember when I used to say this about Lucas Piazzon? That actually with time to think, Lucas Piazzon was the best finisher in the squad. And I feel similarly about Bobby. If he races through own goal and he has time to think about it, I'm confident that he's going to score. And I'm not always confident in players who you think have a better striking ability, who hit the ball better. I just have a feeling that when he goes through, I'm confident and comfortable that Bobby is going to put chances away. And I think that's a massive thing. It also just gives everybody confidence that we know there are goals there in the middle of the park. He's been there or thereabouts in Fulham's top scorer categories for quite some time now. Obviously, he's been you know, secondary to Alexander Mitrovic in the last couple of seasons, but actually he's usually the one chipping in. And, and adding to that goal tally, and I just think he's such a wonderful squad player to have around. And yeah, as you say, maybe he doesn't get the plaudits he always deserves, but one of my favourite players I think that's played for the club in the last decade or so.
1: I couldn't agree more with, with Bobby, and just I, I, what I want now is for Bobby to get a screamer, a bit like that when he scored for Jamaica at the Azteca. Just we know he can do it. I just want to see him like smash one in from forty yards, um, make everyone else stand up and just recognise that that Bobby Reed is possibly the league's most underrated player. But while he does definitely deserves more plaudits than that. Um, let's look ahead then to Brentford on Saturday, um, Dean. We know it's a big match, Fulham-Brentford and its position within our rivalries amongst Chelsea and QPR has kind of been done to death now. But what we know is that Brentford are a very, very good team and that Fulham versus Brentford matches in recent times have always been very close. Both of them ended 3-2 last season. The friendly in the summer ended 3-2 to Fulham. I'm kind of surprised this one hasn't been picked for telly, to be honest. I don't know what more more this game needs to do to prove that it's worthy of of a bigger audience. When you see like Villa Everton on the TV on Sunday, I'm like, what are you doing, Sky? This is a much more entertaining game. But anyway, their loss, our gain, um, it's going to be tense, frantic, and almost impossible for us to call, really.
2: Oh, mate, yeah. I really, really don't like Brentford, so I can't wait for this game. Actually, I had to get really, really nervous about playing Brentford because they always seem to me and when I've been growing up, I've always considered like Fulham to be slightly above Brentford. And like, they've always really, we've always really had the edge on them whenever I've been going to watch Fulham Brentford games. Um, and, you know, for the first time in the last year or so, like they have obviously like been slightly better than us. And now like we're going into this game, really no idea what we're going to get out of it. Um, I've actually written for the, the, the match day program about, in this game and I was looking back trying to remember games I remember when I was a kid like really young going to games in like Division 3 League 2 we played them in the auto windscreen shield at one point like this rivalry like some of the levels we've played at been down so far But I think, like, while we don't like each other at all, at least I do have some respect for where they've come from. And, like, I do, like, appreciate, like, the journey that their fans have been on. So, like, of course they're going to give it the big one against us. If they beat us, like, I will hate it probably more than any other club giving it the big one against us. But... There's part of me deep down that is like, fair play to you. I would totally be doing the same thing as I was you. Like I, I love winning at Brentford. Um, it's been a little while actually since I've seen us do that because I've been to very good at selecting my Brentford fixtures uh, in recent times. But uh, yeah, I don't know, mate. I, I don't know what to expect from this game because even if it was a draw, I wouldn't be happy. I know Brentford are a good team. But I'm fully expecting us to go and win this game. Our first home match of the season, I want us to have a belief about us. I want us to be inspired, really, by the fact we've got an opening day win against Everton that we didn't necessarily deserve, but we were patient enough to gain. And if we have six points on the board after these opening two games, then the frustrations and annoyances of this summer are suddenly forgotten. And you might even be able to nick a signing or two at the end of the window that makes you look at this season with new eyes.
1: Um, Jack, the draw that they got against Spurs on Sunday, another brilliant game, um, end to end either side could have won it. And I think you kind of saw the good and the bad of Brentford, right? uh, uh, They can score goals from anywhere. They're so dangerous. The kind of loss of Ivan Tony doesn't feel like that much of a loss. If truth be told yet at the other end there are chances and Spurs had a hat full of chances on, on Sunday. And I think Fulham will get chances on Saturday. It's simply a case of who takes them. It feels like I just, I just can't call this one either way. It feels like such a 50 50.
3: Yeah. hundred percent. I, I enjoy what Dean said there about, you know, a draw wouldn't be enough. I felt the same when we were tuning up at half time last year Obviously, then <laughs> it got to two all, and I was like, "God, we take the point here." And then we scored the winner. Like, it, it's such a topsy turvy game, oh, man. and I think that that's the yeah. the really intriguing thing about these two teams at the moment. And um, yeah, I completely agree. Something we we saw both sides of it. They are less direct in the more in an obvious way without Ivan Tony there to hit from goal kicks and without David Raya distributing from goal kicks. Although I thought Flecken was pretty accurate with his distribution on on his debut i thought he did reasonably well a kind of around all of it but they are still very direct and they flood forward when they hit the break rico henry is a major threat down that left hand side Kenny Tete is going to have his hands full. Now, I'm more than confident that he's capable of handling the threat posed by Rico Henry. But we know that Visser and Mbwemo are going to try and get in behind. We know that they are going to flood those bodies into the box in order to try and create those overloads. And we know where the threat is coming from in those regards. It is going to try and be over the top to try and expose the back line, which will be pushing higher if Fulham have lots of possession here. Um, I wonder if this is one... For Calvin Bassey, it would be a hell of a one to come into, obviously. But if it's one for Bassey with what we saw in that Hoffenheim game with his ability to, to catch up with attackers that have got beyond him uh, and also strength to just hold players off the ball. I thought that he was excellent at doing that in, in the Hoffenheim game, especially in the second half. And I wonder if Silva looks to unleash him in that role in order to be able to deal with it. But yeah, I, I think we know what they're capable of. I think we know that we can create chances against them. And I completely agree. It is one of those games where it just goes who gets the start, who picks up the pace, and who finishes their chances. Those are the those are the three places this game is won and lost. I think that the midfield battle will be a bit of a war of attrition um in there, I think this weekend. But generally I think the flanks might well be the key one for this.
1: Yeah, Dean, um, I actually kind of agree on on the Bassi shout. And I remember actually last season, as good as Reem was last year, I'd say two of his weaker performances were definitely the Brentford away game, but also the Brentford at home game, I remember, wasn't particularly clever um, mm. for Tim Reem. Now we have learnt never underestimate Tim Reem and um, do that at your peril. He might go in and pull in a 10 out of 10 performance this weekend, and I would not be surprised. However, I could I could see the sense in that. One player that it feels key to try and get back is Jao Pelinia. We missed him badly on Saturday, despite getting our first win without him since he joined the club. Um, he's been pictured in training today by the time this podcast is out. I imagine yeah. Marcus press conference will be tomorrow. I imagine it'll be fairly obvious. It feels to me like this might be the game where we bring in Palinja.
2: Yeah, I have to admit there's part of me that's torn on Palinja because I don't want him to have a stormer and then Liverpool come in and sign him like that. That, that is still <laughs> niggling away at me. Like the fact that they've missed out on Lavier and Caicedo. You're like, okay, well, where are they going to turn next? And two of the obvious places if they're going to go in the Prem is DeCore at Palace or Palinha at Fulham, if they're going to stick within the league. And like, yeah, I'm like, well, maybe he just sits out the next couple of weeks and we just say he's injured, mate, that you can't you can't <laughs> chat to him. He's got big problems. But obviously, for a fixture like this from a Fulham perspective, you of course you want him in there. Um, we're just not, we're just not as protected without him. Is is outrageous. Like, how good this player is as honestly caught me out over the course of the last year. I remember Jack telling me like that we were signing a good player. Um, And I know that Jack watches a lot of Portuguese football. So I was like, okay, like uh, I'm excited. Like, let's see how good he is. Mate, he is so, so good. And it is so noticeable when he's not there. And honestly, if you right now had to give me a choice out of us living without Mitro or living without Palinha, I've kind of got my head around the Mitro thing so much and I feel that you can go out and find another striker. I would probably keep Palinia over Mitro at this moment in time because I feel like Palinia literally is irreplaceable for us. I don't think we will find anyone to fill that role anywhere near as well as he can do. Whereas Mitrovic... There are ways around playing without a striker and, you know, you can buy another striker. We've, we've got options already within the squad. Raul Jimenez has started better than I thought. As I never, ever thought I'd be coming to terms with the idea of Mitro leaving, but that is how good Pallina is to us. So, yeah, get, whenever he comes back into this team, it won't be a day too soon.
3: I think this weekend's going to be yeah. a tad too early, though. I, I still think if he's just got back into full training, it might come too early. I also thought Lukic did all right. At the weekend, I I agree with you that the hole that Polina lives leaves behind is is obvious, and I don't think Lukic is a defensive midfielder. But I did think that he did better than than perhaps I was thinking in that in that midfield battle. The issue wasn't our midfield got bypassed. I don't think the issue was that our defence was scrambled for a long start, long part of the first first half.
1: I think also in in the second half, it did feel like we moved Harrison Reed back a little bit, made stops him flooding forward a bit and that gave us a little bit more security. Obviously the downside of that is you lose a lot of dynamism in in the midfield and and you're able to progress it. Less easily, but at least tops. I think it was just the run that Decoré made that made us all a little bit worried, and that never would have happened um, had had Polinia been in there because he just skived him down about forty yards earlier. Um, so, Jack, in What's terms it? of of lineup, then what do you reckon? Because you've got other players kind of coming back into the fold now. Obviously, Andreas came off the bench and and did well. Tim's now back in fitness. Tom's obviously a, con- a consideration. There's the Mitrovic question as well. So predicted lineup. It's a hard <laughs> one at
3: this point because some of these players might not be Good in the luck. club <laughs> by the time the game starts. But um, I'm going to go Leno, Tete, Diop, Bassi, Robinson, Lukic, Rees, Pereira, Wilson, William, Mitrovic, if he's at the club.
1: Okay. Well we will come on to Mitrovic. Um Dean, do, do, I see, I I agree with everything Jack said there apart from I think Jimenez will still get the nod.
2: Yeah, I mean I would imagine so too. Um especially if this deal was progressed even that even if it's not done by the weekend it just feels so sadly imminent that um I think Jimenez will, will probably start. Um, say we'll talk about Mitro prop, properly in a second. But oh, I hated the way that when he came on, when he got that injury and he looked to come off straight away. I was like, that really didn't look that bad. I was like, what is Mitro? Doesn't just come off from getting a, a little challenge like that. What, what's he doing? Like, is he is he showing he doesn't want to be on the pitch? Genuinely, that was what was going through my mind. I was like, this is so not Mitro. And then he obviously came off. I was like, "Oh my god, he's actually." I think I even tweeted like Mitro's off already, and uh, and luckily he, he came back on. So like he he managed to win me over quite quickly. And I did love the the way though that when we made the substitution and Pereira and, and Mitro kind of combined to get that ball into Bobby. Like it was it just showed you the elitism of having that that partnership and that understanding between Andreas and Mitro. Um, and that that would take time to rekindle no matter who comes in. I mean, obviously like we've, we've got Adama Dharma Traore now and you wonder like do him and Raul Jimenez have like a, a similar understanding that's going to pay off over the course of the season. Hope so. I hope so. But, um, yeah, I admit that I think that Raul Jimenez probably does start this game unless Mitro's like hammered his colors to the mast by then. Is like, no, no, actually I'm full and through and through.
1: Yeah. Um, on Mitro's <laughs> injury, um, obviously we saw him going off in crutches There's a picture of him in Houston station uh, and the Sunday poll, I think rightly said that it, it felt like a precaution. Um, i had done a bit of scouring to find any news. Uh, I did find one website uh, claiming that uh, a scan showed that the injury earned was of a minor nature. He only sprained his ankle and put on an orthopedic boot as a precaution and left the stadium on crutches. Um, admittedly, I've never heard of the source, but then the, Information and it seems so specific. I was like, kind of weird to make it up. So yeah. uh, it's from a, it was from a Serbian outlet as well. Oh, so okay. I guess you don't, you maybe don't know what kind of links they might have to Mitrovich, yeah. etc. So I guess that's good news. But as we'll come on to in part two, who knows uh, where Mitro's future lies? Uh, one final thing I just wanted to say before ending this part is we should give a bit of a shout out to the under twenty ones. An amazing win on Friday uh, against Wolves. Uh, an 86th uh, minute equaliser from McFarlane. Then Marshall Godo with a uh, 96th minute winner. Lovely. Um, celebrated it big time as well for a 3-2 win against Wolves. So go on the under-21s, uh, keeping up their, uh, their very <laughs> impressive form from uh, recent years. Right, we'll take a break there. Afterwards, we'll talk transfers. This season, we're pleased to announce that the Thursday Club is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Fulham fixture over the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter whether you're based in Fulham or Falmouth, you can catch every single minute of the action. Keep an eye out during the season for events, offers, content and competitions that put you closer to the action. Now, Fulham might not be on the TV for the first few games of the season, but if you're not at Craven Cottage for the first few weeks, make sure you catch the rest of the Premier League action on TNT and Sky Sports at your local Green King Sports pub. two of the Fulhamish podcast. Sammy here with Dean Jones and Jack Collins. Thank you to everyone who continues to support the Fulhamish community, supporting all the work that we do, funding our pods, funding our articles, funding our videos. It's hugely appreciated. Everyone in the Fulhamish community gets added to our exclusive telegram group where we chat all things, uh, transfers, tickets. Uh, today there was a lot of lionesses chat. Go on the lionesses. Well done for reaching the, uh, the world cup final massive, massive achievement. Um, I think uh, quite clearly the uh, the game of the weekend on on Sunday taking on Spain. So uh, well done to the Lionesses. Uh, but yeah, as I said, Fulhamish community, we're supporting everything we do. Link in the description, or you can find all the details on the Fulhamish website. Let's talk transfers. And of course, Alexander Mitrovic, Jack, um, some more news broke. And I kind of had this weird, there was this kind of calm before the storm with Mitrovic over the weekend. You know, he played, he celebrated, he kind of felt a bit back in the fold. I was like, feels like something's brewing, but I don't know what. Um, Fabrizio seems to be doing an hourly tweet um, about Mitrovic at the moment. Uh, the latest is that um, Al Halal have made a £46 million um, pound bid. Um, which feels weird to me it still feels like under this reported 52 million that apparently is the number we have no idea at this stage, other than it feels like another bid has definitely come in.
3: Yeah. And I think Fulham will, re- will reject it. I-, I think the Fulham will hold for the amount that they say. And we've just seen al halal sign Neymar. We've just seen them make a bid for Kylian Mbappe that was worth north of 300 million euros. So I don't see why at this point, Fulham would accept a bid for anything lower than the exact price that they want for Alexander Mitrovic, because it's not like they're sitting here going, you you don't have the money, so we'll have to cut you a bit of slack. There is clearly the money there. I think Fulham will hold for the fee that we want. So that said, when there's 6 million off it, I think they'll go to it. Uh, and I think at that point, there will come a you know a moment where Fulham you know have said to Alexander Mitrovic this is the fee we said it right at the start right when this saga began we said Fulham should say to Alexander Mitrovic this is the fee we know they have money if they pay the fee then we will reluctantly but and sadly allow you to go but if that's what you want then they have to pay up and ultimately I think that's the clear message that's come out from the club that if you want him you have to pay the fee that we demand for him when they're six million off. I can't see it being very long before they hit the figure that Fulham want.
1: You say that Dean, but they've known the amounts all along and still seem to be stringing this out. And at surely some point Fulham are going to say to Al-Halal, the deadline might be the deadline, but our deadline is way before the actual deadline here. Um, I don't know. My heart can't take this anymore because I was, I, I remember when we went to America and all those stories came out I was like, okay, he's gone. I've accepted it. I've moved on. Yeah. He clearly is going to go. It's just a matter of time. Then it all died down. I was like, oh, maybe, but I imagine it'll come back. And then when he played at the weekend and he was involved in the goal and I saw his reaction to the goal, I, my heart got excited again that he's staying. I just, I, this back and forth is, is torture.
2: Yeah, it, it really is. Um, so I've got um, a, a decent contact on the Al Hilal side of things, and I try not to check in with him too often because it is quite depressing whenever I do. But mate, he seems absolutely adamant that Mitro is joining Al Hilal on a three-year deal, and it's all done. Like he's is like he's certain. He's almost he's as close to certain as I've ever heard anyone talk about um, a transfer going through. He admits that it's not actually done. But he's, like, so sure that all the pieces are there and that it's going to be there, that Mitro's going to join and he's going to be a big success in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, he just falls short of, like, you know, starting the party, basically. And and I'm like, oh, this is really annoying how confident you are. And you have been for basically a month now that you're going to get your man. Um, because like you, like, there's been, I've been through waves and I've said to Jack, I was like, oh, you know what, mate? I think actually it's passed. And there was a moment when this guy actually did say to me, it's like, look, they're not going to pay more than 40 million pounds. Like there's just this reluctance to do that on pretty much any transfer, to be honest. It's not just the Metro one. Like th- these Saudi Arabian teams, they're willing to line players pockets, but they're not especially keen to go and line the pockets of European football clubs all over the place. And, and that's, Partly because you know these players who are being given um huge contracts are encouraged um to reinvest some of that money within Saudi Arabia, so that's part of the most of the deals that that come about here um so yeah they're they're being quite tight on the actual the transfer fees but not the player terms. Uh oh, I do think it will happen. Um it's it's so annoying. Like I kind of wish it had just happened a month ago now so that we could have just moved on from it and got on with it. I really didn't think I was going to see him on the pitch this season. And now I have and I see that even when he doesn't seem like he's like fully into being there, he still produces like the spark that leads to our goal against Everton like even just such a simple short moment of the game. But it's still the link up with Andreas that leads to the goal. And it's like, oh, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. And even just his little movements, the way he holds his body up against defenders and rolls people, the way he annoys people and looks for fouls and rolls on the floor at times, I'm going to miss all of it. I, like, I'll miss this guy like so, so much. Again, not as much I feel as like I'd miss Polina right now. But it does feel like the end is still near. And I hate saying that.
1: Jack are you convinced it's done?
2: Uh maybe done's a strong word. Um I think
3: it's probably unfair for me to say that I think that Fulham will hold out for the full amount that hasn't been put on the table yet and then say no I think it's done but I, I think when the figures are starting to get this close then I I would be if I was a betting man I would say that I would be betting that a fee will get agreed.
2: Are you happy with 50 million you two? Is is 50 million good enough for us to lose like the player that's is- basically been our greatest of all time
1: I'm I'm not convinced and I know that they said this on the Jack and Joe show I know they said this on the Sunday pod who do you get I know there are players I know there are some players you
3: defend the series. I'm
1: not convinced there is any place in the world right now that you can go spend that 50 million pounds and you get everything that we know guaranteed Alexander Mitrovic brings you this season but I guess that's the gamble right is that we'll we'll get by and we will be able to find, maybe recreate it in the aggregate kind of thing. But mm. I, I just don't know how we're going to do it. But Jack, you might—I'm sure you will differ because I'm, I know that your your scouting knowledge of, of Europe is is stronger than mine. Oh, no,
3: I I really like this series as an option, I, and I know that Sevilla were open to selling him earlier in the window. Um, I think he brings a lot of what Alexander Mitrovic brings to the table. He also is slightly quicker. He's Probably a little bit of a better finisher on the run. Um, but I don't think he's quite as strong in the air. But he has a good aerial presence. I think that would be the the player I would look at if I was Fulham and I had to go in and be like, I want a Mitrovic replacement that's not going to completely break the bank, but comes with pedigree and is also, you know, stylistically an, a match. That would be where I would go to. But if you could go and get Tyler Adams, Yusuf Endesiri, and Serginio Dest for 75 million just over the top of that Mitrovic clause, I think that you'd be looking at bringing in a, a system that would strengthen Fulham for the long haul, would prepare us potentially a year in advance for the idea that Pelinia might go next summer. My major issue, major issue with all of it, is that Marco hasn't signed this contract yet. And if Mitrovic goes, I don't know if he'll sign it. I think that will be the end of it. I think that he will, he will see out this season and walk away because he'll go. The club couldn't match my ambition, and that would be my major, major, major concern with Alexander Mitrovic leaving.
2: Mm. I don't know if he would do that. I mean, after turning down that money in that moment, I understand what you're saying. He still hasn't signed, but I don't know. I can't see Marco walking away now. Like that was his big. No, opportunity no, no. I mean, at go. the end of the year. I don't think he'll walk away in this transfer what, not- window. I think he just won't sign a contract.
3: We'll let it expire. And next summer he will have his pick of jobs.
1: I mean, I guess in in some ways that is ne- next season's problem. Yeah, like it is. Now, it's just And that's also like-
2: assuming we don't do well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you never know, we might sign someone great who fixes all the problems and and, and we kind of go, Alexander who? I don't think that'll happen, but I guess <laughs> you, I guess never, you know. never know. My fear is Dean, and you can see it so plainly with West Ham right now, is people are going to know we got that money up front. People are going to know we have it ready to spend. Mm. And having the money is not the same as convincing a player to join. And all the struggles that kind of Liverpool are having, they've got the money to spend. It's no... Guarantee and just yeah, think we could part of me also just can't accept that Tony and Shahid are just gonna just gonna walk away from this fight because Tony seems so up for a battle and a scrap,
2: yeah, he That's- does you're right um I think like there's there is an alternative way around it, like once Mitro goes, you can be cautious about replacing him right now, but look to replace him in January, and it gives you a bit more time to find the right fit and also to let things settle down and then look for the exactly the right player at a better price. Like if you think of what Tottenham are doing right now, Tottenham aren't running into the market looking for a Harry Kane replacement. They're using Richarlison and trying to make the most of that and also looking at Son as an alternative option that they'll use as a striker while also looking at um a guy uh, gift urban who's a 21 year old um emerging talent who they're going to bring in and see or try to bring in and, and see what he could bring and i'm like well that might not be a bad approach i mean if you think tottenham for example the last time when they lost gareth bale spent 86 million pound on seven players whatever they did and only one of them was any good i think they probably learned from that and i think maybe we look across the board and think how have other people replaced star names and Doing a like-for-like like seems nigh on impossible. So maybe it's the case of can you get through the beginning months of the season and then find a better fit? Because Raul Jimenez, look, he might be fine. Like he, Some of his play is a little bit metro. And if we can get Jimenez back, we, we, I don't know how long he can be fit for. I don't know how, what the consistency of his performance can be. But... For example, the goalie scored against Hoffenheim, like the manner of it arriving there and sticking out his leg like that, I was like, that is a bit metro, the way he's got on the end of that. I like it. Um, so- Let's not forget, he
1: was inches from getting the winner on. Saturday. And that was a really good effort yeah, it was as good well. Effort. Like he he had no real right yeah. to to score from there. Obviously he didn't, but he came yeah. about <laughs> as close as, as, you can, as you can get. Yeah. I mean, Jack also, I guess one thing to consider for Fulham, we still have two domestic loans left. Yeah. And so we have those in the back pocket and that might be the way we go in the short term. Well, I wonder if Fulham now that Chelsea have looked
3: to strengthen their squad and seem to have a depth on depth, have a little look at Armando Broja. Because he was excellent when he was on loan at Southampton. He is a similar profile of, of, of striker to Mitrovic again, a little bit more pace. Uh, I wonder if they'd loan him out. Um, especially when they've got Thatcher Fafana out on loan playing at a Champions League club there might not be a space for Brozier in this Chelsea project. And if there isn't, then I wonder if they'd like him to be nearby where they can keep an eye on him and playing Premier League football so that they can increase that fee next year. Because West Ham were linked. There was a couple of teams linked at one point. and, And I wonder if they'd actually just go, yeah, that's not a terrible idea for him to be down the road at a club doing pretty well for themselves.
2: Yeah, there are some mentions of it. I I don't know if I want a Chelsea player leading our attack, but I guess I'm going to have to deal with that on a personal level rather than worrying about whether Fulham can handle that. Um, He's a decent player. Um, Again, you've got the question marks over uh, fitness and consistency. And I'd argue, like, is it a bit risky having... Brozier and Raul Jimenez as as your two main striking options. And, you know, both of them pick up injuries and suddenly it's still Vinicius leading the attack. And is it going to be good enough if that happens? So that would be probably my main concern around that. The one good thing about if you were to try and sign Brozier and it happened would be this guy is so determined to become a hit in the Premier League, like absolutely convinced that he can do it. And I would like to see us, you know, sign somebody who's got that kind of hunger and desire, um, Rather than looking for a, an older player again here uh, who can just see us through, I would like to see someone that is desperate to prove themselves.
1: Yeah, I think actually, when I hear Bro, and maybe it's just the comfort of a player that, that has played in the Premier League rather than Nasiri, who, look, I know he's done great things for Sevilla, has also been a bit hit and miss in La Liga in, in recent years. So, And, and, and to be fair, Bro is not always lit it up when he hasn't had a chance for, but you, you kind of think at 21, there's the chance for that to happen. And maybe you could see a system like that working and look, you might be able to get a loan with an option on someone mm. like bro yeah you might be able to it might be a big option it might be an expensive option but that yeah, would I mean, be quite- he's not gonna if,
2: fit in bro's not gonna be a chelsea the way that chelsea are like enhancing their squad at the moment like Broja's chances of actually making the cut in that kind of setup they spent they just sent almost a billion pounds like to, to to fit in with that as someone of Broja's profile is very very difficult and he will be realizing that right now you know there's Every chance that Chelsea's next big signing, not right now in this window, but over the course of the next year, will be an elite striker if Nicholas Jackson doesn't fire. So, yeah, I I think that he'll be keeping his options open. And certainly if he was to be allowed out on loan right now, I think he'll be looking for a club that has certainly at least an opportunity to go and, and make it his next club permanently.
1: Yeah. Um, and also uh, Fulhamish's Dan Cook will be uh, delighted uh, to have an Albanian bags man. Uh, so FC, will my uh, barber, Fulham FC. Okay, that's good to know. It's good that everyone's... Uh, everyone, let's do it. Let's sell uh, Let's sell Everyone's on board. We've found the answer. <laughs> Tony Khan, hope you're listening. Um, I mean, there's a few more uh, transfer tidbits. Uh, Dean, it feels like hudson Odoi's is going quiet and because of Elise going to Chelsea, that that might be going to Palace now. I don't know. <sighs> few weeks ago I was kind of certain this was happening what have you heard?
2: It should have been this week I mean this week was supposed to be the defining week I mean we're only halfway through it so maybe it's still there but certainly the second that the Elise deal started to take shape without even making a call I was like that's Hudson Adoy like they will look Hudson Adoy, Damari Gray, Wilfred Nonto, all linked with Crystal Palace by the morning. I was just waiting to see which <laughs> one was going to be first, and it's Hudson Adoy. Um but you know, there are there are options um in that area of the field, and it, it's always seemed to me that like Hudson Adoy or Damari Gray was gonna be the one. Uh obviously Adama caught us a bit blindsided, and I'm fine with that. Like Adama, like to have a player like him coming in is a really, really interesting option, and I can't wait to see how he does. But um, if it's not Hudson-Odoi and it ends up being great, then I'm okay with it. I think I would prefer Hudson-Odoi. Yeah. But yeah, maybe I, I think I, I mentioned this in an article I wrote, like Fulham they haven't gone for Nonto, but I know that it's at least been a consideration because he's been touted around to quite a few clubs. Like I wouldn't mind seeing us like at least try for that. At the, at the moment, Nonto has got Everton on the table, was like his most firm offer. He's looking at that deal, like obviously very open-minded about it because. He's got to be. He's desperate to get out of Leeds. He's not on very good money at Leeds. But his his fear is that in a year's time, he's relegated again anyway, and he's back in exactly the same situation. So there's that lingering doubt about where Everton are actually heading. The fact we've just beaten Everton, I think that we are in a, we could put forward a good case for where we're going. Now, part of me is like, should we not be involved in that discussion late on?
1: Yeah. And just uh, finally, Jack, in this section, just your thoughts on Adama triore. Um george was extremely excited on on sunday's podcast <laughs> and look there's an element of like not much to lose free transfer he's an exciting player there's no doubt about that i've just always wondered what his end product is the only time i ever saw an end product was the goal that basically relegated us in the covid season um he, he's uh, i enjoyed that the, the premier league put up a, a Highlights reel of a Dharma Triore, and every time it's like he beats a man, and then they just cut it just before the moment he might put in a cross <laughs> or shot, and that's just my kind of vision of a Dharma Triore. So, look, I'm willing it well. Feel like it'd be a good option off the bench, but I don't know. I've, I, I feel like he's got to step up and actually provide some assists and some goals.
3: Yeah, on a free, as you say, there's not much to lose, and I really did like his tweet that he put out when he joined the club saying. Thank you, Fulham, for placing your trust in me. We're going to have fun. And I thought that was a nice tweet, not just in terms of what he's saying, but Mm. actually I think Adama is the kind of player who's actually more effective when he's enjoying himself and when he's given that freedom to kind of muck around and and play and, and enjoy his football. And so, yes, I too was hoping that our Dan James replacement in terms of being able to get in behind would have more end product than Dan James. And I'm not hundred percent sure we have signed that, but on a free at this level, I think that he's definitely someone who can come on and worry defenses as a fan you used to remember Adama coming on again for Wolves, And you'd be like, Oh, for God's sake, like there's 20 minutes left. Mm-hmm. And we've now got to deal with Adama Traorey, just legging it around the pitch for the next 20 minutes. Just like I could just do without that. And I can imagine defenders probably feel the same. You're looking over and you're going, wait, you've just ran me ragged for 70 minutes. I've had to chase down Harry Wilson and Willian, and now you're just going to put on a Darmotrari and, and, you know, leg it in behind me. I I think that that's probably a good thing to have that fear factor. But as you say, in order to maintain that, you have to add some end product to it. So fingers crossed he can build that partnership up with Raul, that Fulham can work with him, that Marco Silva, you know, we've had a thing about improving players who maybe didn't reach the potential that a lot of people expected from them. I think Adama Traore is a very good example of that. And if Marco Silva can can coax a little bit more out of him, then it might go down as one of the deals of the summer. But yeah, I have my reservations, but on a free, I think it's pretty good.
2: Yeah, especially... Yeah, he was Barcelona player a year or so ago. Like, this this guy has got, like, it's all there. It's just finding the best of it. We've said before, like Jack said, like, Marco's the man in those cases. Like, I think we should be excited about this signing.
1: Yeah, I kind of forgot that um Triore played for Middlesbrough in the 1718 season, didn't he? Yeah. Absolutely tore us a new one in that game that we ended up winning 1-0 at the riverside. Yeah. And he was absolutely rapid. And Kevin McDonald and Co. had no idea what to do <laughs> about this young lad that was just the fastest thing that anyone's ever seen on a football pitch. Yeah. Anyway, he'll add some excitement, and I guess sometimes that is what football is about, is it's about excitement, and Triore will, will, will entertain us at Craven Cautious this season if maybe little else but it seems like a risk worth taking right we're going to take another break there afterwards we'll get in some of your questions and then this will catch on three of the Fulhamish podcast Sammy here with Jack and Dean I've got loads of questions in the inbox so I need to make a bit of a start of getting through them so I'll try and rattle through these as quickly as I can first one Matt Haman it's like spelt like Didi Haman I've never heard someone else other than Didi have the uh, surname Haman but anyway (laughs) hi guys I love your podcast thanks for all you do I love this could catch on and would like to have a go at contributing, but I have a couple of problems. One, I'm from the States and I've never had the opportunity to go to London for a match. I can't hear player songs on the TV and don't know who does and doesn't have songs. Do you know where I can find them? And secondly, I have absolutely no musical talent. Um, does that matter? Uh, and that's from Matt. <laughs> have you heard this
3: will catch on Matt?
1: Like, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I don't think that's
3: a prerequisite. Uh, also, we've spent the entire last two years listening to songs for players that already have a song and we still don't have an Andreas song. So who knows? Who knows?
1: There, I don't think there is a central resource for where Fulham chants are. Something that we've considered doing on the Fulhamish website nah, it just feels, feels a, bit a little bit lame. But if you... Yeah. It is a bit bait. You need, don't, a, you, don't
2: want to- you need a Spotify playlist. That's what you need. Other clubs have got them. Have they? Yeah, they have. Yeah, other clubs have like a, a fan chant playlist, and they have like literal terrace chants that they've recorded for a long time. Fulham have even got one actually. There, there is a Fulham chant playlist. It's it's quite generic, so I don't know. There's that many that are like player central, but that's the place for it. I mean, I'm not sure how many people go on and listen. The only the only time I've done it was um, my little boy wanted to know. What, what the crowd would be chanting, obviously, before his like, first games or whatever. So I was like, I don't know how to look for this. And it, I found it. I found it on Spotify. Might've, yeah, it must have been Spotify. Um, so it is out there. You can find some stuff. But there are definitely loads of players in our squad that are missing good chance.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I agree. I think just have a go, Matt. Uh, it, it can't be worse than a lot of uh this will catch on entries that we've received. Uh speaking of chances, this one from Tom Burrows, Hi lads, a bit premature, although we're looking increasingly likely we'll get this one done, I think. Um I think this email for, was from about a week ago. Can I just confirm, um, without the need for a this will catch on in this case, that if we bought Hudson a Doy, we have a ready made chance in him in Oi 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 Hudson a Doy. Yeah.
2: Hundred percent, yeah, easy, it's one hundred percent happening. And if and if we're good at that anything is, at yeah. Fulham,
3: it's reusing chance for our old players because we can't think of new ones.
1: yeah Yeah. um, sign sealed delivered I think that one Tom Uh, Sam says hi guys with the metro situation seemingly calming down for now I need to read these emails out as I (laughs) Uh, I feel like it's all gone a bit worryingly quiet on the Marco contract front he's our biggest asset and it will no doubt begin to have an impact on recruitment and retention of players soon it's also quite concerning that this has been rumbling on since before the end of last season with still no solution reached should we be more worried if Fulham have effectively given up trying to find an agreement or if Marco simply doesn't see his medium to long-term future at the club or am I being pessimistic thoughts and that's from Sam Jack
3: yeah well I think I vaguely got at this earlier um I I wonder if Marco is waiting to see if his ambition is matched before he signs anything um unless he just rides off into the sunset next summer after another good year but not great year at Fulham um and I think that when you put that all in context he'll have offers I would be uncomfortable with us not backing Marco Silva in this transfer window in that I think that that's the main reason he wouldn't sign a contract. And therefore I am concerned right now with how glacially Fulham are moving in the market.
2: It's quite hard to um, know what terms to offer him, to be fair. He's just been offered £20 million a year to <laughs> go to the major Saudi Arabian team. So, like, where do you even start the discussion with him? He's probably like, do you want to match it? I'm like, no, we absolutely do not. You are not becoming that that high earning in the Premier League. So, a tough one. But, I mean, Fulham wouldn't give up on that. So, that's one thing I would definitely dismiss. Uh, I'll be honest, like, I... would before coming into this episode, it kind of evaded me that this wasn't even sewn up yet. So it's, uh, it is definitely something I need to revisit. Um, so maybe I'll try and get some good news on this over the next week.
1: Yeah, we had an email from David Williams on a, on a similar vein. He said, oh, are there any circumstances in which you could say see Marco staying at Fulham next season? If we finish outside the European places, will he want a bigger challenge? And if he were to get us into Europe or win a cup, wouldn't a bigger club come knocking? I kind of agree with that, Jack. Whatever happens really, whether he does well or doesn't do well, it's kind of his future's up in the air, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I,
3: I think if he's backed, then he might sign a contract. I really do. Like I think that there is an element that he's really happy here. And that if he's backed and he feels like he's getting that support, even if another offer comes in from another club, they can pay out his, you know, contract if they feel that they can afford it and they want him that badly. That's not uncommon. So I think that if we back Silver, that he will sign. Um, whether that he stays or not is then a different question, right? Like th- that's a separate issue, but I think it would sign him enough to know that Fulham would be receiving some compensation if he were to be poached by a bigger club. And that would be something in itself, right?
1: Uh, Tom Olsen says, hello, Fulhamish. I'm wondering what you all made of Tom Kearney passing the captain's armband to Mitro instead of Tim Ream when he was subbed off. Is there something to read into this about Mitro's commitment to the club, or is it nothing? Thanks, as always, for a fantastic pod. Tom in Chicago. I mean, Dean, it was weird. It was weird, but did
2: did Mitro not hand it to Tim Ream after Yeah, he delivered it to Tim Ream. Yeah, Yeah, he did. Yeah, so I, I did find it weird. Yeah, I was like, what is he doing? And then... And I was literally like, I was talking to someone about it and I looked, I was watching it on TV and I looked back and I was like, hang on, Reem's got the Captain Armbands on. Did I imagine that? Like, what am I, what's gone on here? Uh, It was a weird moment. Yeah, absolutely no doubt about it maybe it was just like Kenny, like you're here to stay, right? Here you go. Take the armband. Yeah. You're Vice Captain. <laughs> yeah.
1: Go on TC. Uh, Mutra's
2: you like, just... get this off me, mate. Get this off yeah, me. Yeah. Don't this let the Saudis see look. this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them see us in Riyadh. I'll be done for. Um, final question. actually, this isn't a question, but I do like this from, uh, from Wesley Groves. And we had something similar last year when Archie Tutt uh, voice memoed me to say that, uh, we we're all saying burnt Leno wrong. It's burnt Leno. Uh, uh, so this is a similar uh, oh. vibe from Wesley Groves. He said, "Hello gentlemen of Fulhamish. Long-time listener here, first-time correspondent. Your shows are always a highlight of my week. Thanks so much for the time and the effort. I'm writing to alert you to the fact that everyone is mispronouncing Raul Jimenez's name in wrong. It's not Jimenez with the stress on the first it's syllable. Jimenez. It's Jimenez with the stress on the middle syllable." There is only one correct pronunciation based on the spelling. The accent mark over the E is definitive. Please spread the word if you can. It's a small thing, but I'm sure Raoul would appreciate more around Fulham getting his name right. Best wishes and thanks again. And even sent a link uh, if anyone is sceptical of the <laughs> orthographic analysis of some <laughs> random dude called Wesley. Um, so, Jack, I mean, we're... Uh, we're a stickler here on Fulhamish for trying to get things right, so thank you to Wesley. Yeah, absolutely.
3: It's, it's a funny one because obviously there's the E in the middle of it, um, but yeah, the accent is the same. It's it's the same with Santiago, yeah. Um, P.S.V. Eindhoven. So yeah, um, I will, I will <laughs> endeavour um, to get that correct. It's one of those ones that it's been it's been drilled into us since pre, you know, almost for, for the last so many years that it's quite difficult to unlearn it. But yes, I will I will do my best.
2: Yeah, I mean the problem is the the ignorance of the English fan base, and a lot of people would have just listened to those two pronunciations. My dad would say something like this: "You go, it's the same. That sounds exactly the same." <laughs> 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 no, get it right. Make an effort.
1: <laughs> rao Jiménez. Jiménez. That well, is going well,
2: to be I, difficult to change, but I'll try. I I'll have try.
1: managed to get Leno into my general kind of way of saying it. Then but again, it's a not- does it?
2: It's hard Super with
1: the charm. Super burnt Leno in Got No, it doesn't know. It's definitely <laughs> it Leno. Yeah, see.
3: <laughs> I mean, say it how you want. Um, there, there are some <laughs> pronunciation
1: guides uh, for various... It's
3: just like he's got Raul on the back of his shirt. That'll do nicely, you
2: know? He's got Raul on his shirt. Well, I was going to say this to you guys. So I'm obviously going to the game on, on Saturday and Dylan's coming. He's like, so I get the new kit. I, need, I get the new kit on Saturday. I was like, oh, do you? And he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so his thing is like, who do I get on my shirt though? Because he was set, he was going to get Mitrovic. He was hundred percent, and yeah. I was like, "You're not, you're not getting Mitro on your shirt, it, even if we certainly not on Saturday." Um, so he's come up with the idea that he's getting Wilson eight on his shirt, nice. and I, I want to give him two more options. I think it's a fine option, but I just want to like give him two more strong options just to make sure. What two would you guys suggest for him to have on his shirt? Deckard over Reed fourteen. Jack i'll make
3: you pay through the nose for every letter you spend well it doesn't work like that <laughs>
2: you just pay for a set up. but i think on his size shirt you're only allowed about six letters because it only fits in so it has to be bobby that's all he would be able to fit on reed
3: i think reed six <laughs> is nice um i mean, very few children grow up wanting to be defensive midfielders um, but I, I do think that harrison reed have it. Read six as a vibe. Read six. It. That's
2: a good one. it will be turning six as well over the course of the I season. Think that's, so the that's money shout. I think That's I like the money it. shout.
3: There you go.
1: There we go. There we go. There we go. I was going to suggest Teto. Adama eleven. Do it. <laughs> Adama eleven's
3: fun.
2: Maybe I'll get that for Reese, the three-year-old. Yeah, Adama, yeah, why not? Adama 11 is fun.
3: Yeah, exactly. Lots of fun.
2: <laughs> That'd be great. I can't wait to see him in a park with Reed and Adama on the back of their shirts. Everyone's like, who are these players? Yeah. <laughs> I was on the, I, I was on like- the train
3: going past um, Brentford yesterday and um, going through Q Bridge. And there was a couple of kids with... Um, Brentford shirts on. And they had such weird selections of players. I was like, what on earth <laughs> is going on here? Like there was like, there was the first one came out and I was like, okay, that's pretty normal. He's got Umbuemo on his back. I was just it's a little bit rogue, but I was like, okay, far, fair enough. Yeah. You know, obviously Tony's there. One of them had Pinnock 5. I thought well, that, was, that was particularly rogue. Uh, but the best one was Zanka 13. I was like, I don't know what that bloke's doing. No idea what this like seven-year-old kid is doing with Zanka 13 at the back of his shirt. I was like, that is lunacy.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can't don't want to see them at the game.
1: No kid wants dreams being Zanka, do they? I hope Ben's not. Last words when he scores a hat-trick on Saturday hmm. somehow. Uh, right. This will catch on. Three entries today. Uh, Dean, you are aware of this will catch on, how it will work. Of
2: course I am, yeah. I'm very excited yeah. to be here for one.
1: Okay, good. First one from Stuart Knight. His first words are, this will not catch on. Um, I watched the Everton game earlier and later on had a fit of stupidity. I was inspired to bring you this. Um, it's burnt Leno stops the goals to the tune of Head Shoulders Knees and Toes. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, but I hope it's good for a laugh. And this is from Stewart.
0: Okay. Burned Leno stops the goals, stops the goals. Oh no! Burned Leno stops the goals, stops the goals, and remandia play it out the back. But Burned Leno stops the
3: goals, stops the goals. <laughs> honestly i quite like it put a fork in me, like, on. me on, uh,
2: i'm done
3: i think we might have to uh, yeah, i have kind to of finish,
2: had it yeah. i got a small tear in my eye actually and I, <laughs> he <laughs> pulled it off. i think it's the accent it's the voice It's the accent as well Like <laughs> it's great i like it a lot <laughs> i think but that's going to be in my head i tell you for a while that is sticking in my head
3: it's just a, the line one that the kids. doesn't rhyme. It's one for the kids. <laughs> it's just the middle line. Yeah, it might be one for the family any, stand. The line in the middle that doesn't have any relevance to any of it. Like, what, what's going on? Like, it doesn't <laughs> rhyme.
1: Like What? What What just happened? Mate, it's got sev- we... It has several flaws.
2: Yeah. Have we got a family section at Craven Cottage. Have we, have we yeah, got Johnny like,
1: bed, a, a like is, that st-
2: is that still there? Yeah. So yeah. stick it, play it to them, and get them going on it. Get all the kids yeah. chanting that. Please don't.
1: Beautiful. <laughs> right next one is from connor raines hello fulhamish crew i hope you are all well and your heart rate has returned to normal after that thriller of an opening game i've put together a tune for anthony robinson a quite polarizing player for fulham fans at times but personally my favorite player on the team keep up the great work and let's get three more points on saturday at craven cottage against the dark side um this is to the tune of stevie wonder isn't she lovely fantastic
0: Anthony's lovely, Anthony's wonderful, Anthony's gracious, playing the piano. And I never thought, for two million pounds, we'd find the left back who shuts Allah down. But Anthony's lovely, yes he is. Anthony's clever. Wow. Do he doing He's his card tricks? Yeah. Sign the extension. Don't bet you're stuck with him. And I never thought for two million pounds, we'd find a left back who shuts all down. But Anthony's lovely. Yes, he is.
3: I mean, I really like oh, really the, I never thought of a two million pounds we find a left back to shut Salah down. That's a great line.
2: That's a great, great line. Like that's proper Jack Collins poetry. There was, I mean, make sure, I hope the guy that wrote in saying like that he's got no musical tendencies, like, is it okay if he sends in a chant was listening to that because <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that that is the answer to his, his question. Anyone can send in a rhyme. I like it, man. Like that was good. There was a couple of, well, there's a couple of bad lines, but there's a, there were some good, good lines. lines than bad. There were more lines, good there?
3: lines than bad lines. I'd agree. That's that's better. And that's yeah. a
2: step.
1: Any anything that throws a bit of shade at Don Betts as well gets uh, gets yeah, a little kind of points. Of, <laughs> that was a that was a good line.
2: Was <laughs> enjoy myself yeah. and
1: his uh, irrational uh, dislike of uh, of Anthony. It's a solid seven
2: out that. of ten effort. Yeah, that was was like effort. it was a good effort. It was a strong yeah. effort.
1: Yeah. Right. Jack, would you mind reading the final This'll Catch On, please, which I've just sent to you? Um,
3: Right. Hello, Dean and Jack. (laughs) Please find my This'll Catch On entry for Fulham's Brazilian winger superstar, Willian. Personally, I think we can all do a lot better than just singing Willian over and over again. The following chant is to the tune of Dragostadinte by Ozone, sometimes better known as the Numa Numa song. It's not completely original, and it's sung by a few other clubs, but then again, so is pretty much every other song we've ever had. Thanks for considering my entry, and sorry in advance that I can't play the acoustic guitar very well. Kind regards, Samuel
2: James. Oh, <laughs> what? What? There we go. What a twist. This is what you were talking about at the start. I love it.
1: This has never happened before, and I don't think I'll ever do it again because I've suddenly realised how hard it is to come up with this will catch on. But yes, here is my entry. I will say no more. When he scores, he makes the foot sing. William on the wing. William, William on the wing. Every time he gets the ball, we know it's going to be a goal. A superstar from Sao Paulo. Na, 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 na. Na 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 When he scores, he makes the baller sing. William on the wing, William William on the wing. Every time he gets the ball, we know it's gonna be a goal. A superstar from Sao Paulo. na 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 na
0: na na na
2: Very Mate, Honestly, like by the end of that, I've got my hands up in the air. I'm beating along to the going along to the beat. Like, there's something in that. There is something to that. I don't know. You don't how have to just say it because
1: I'm here. I feel like Mate, maybe I'm not. not
2: push- like, at first, I was quietly pessimistic about where it was going. <laughs> but by the time it got into that rhythm, I could kind of like see it building. It went. It like... went at Celtic Park. There's no reason. We, and we, we took the, what do
3: you call it, song, the Ryan Frederick song from Celtic Park. So yes, there's
2: it is
1: a bit like that. No, but it's, it, as it's in... a good away pub. And we took Super Trooper yeah. from Rangers. This is
3: Celtic's Jota song, right? Uh, yeah, very done. But I was really wondering where you were going to go, as to work out what Portugal was going to be in in this version, which is the last three words. Sao Paulo is excellent, very well done. Really enjoyed myself. Are
2: you brave enough to take it to the next level and start it in a pub or on a train? That's going to be the question as to whether this can go anywhere. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you two together this is this is a you two thing i, uh, I, two, so I, I kind
1: of knew i was playing to the home crowd here because it's a celtic song so i kind of knew yeah. that jack would be kind of on board of it although yeah maybe dubious because it's like i mean it is kind of historic it's at, uh at, at, yeah, he's out Europe. in saudi
3: arabia now so it's fine
1: yeah he's gone it's, it's done um it's so open
2: were well, you nervous know anyway, about that mate
1: very nervous i nearly <laughs> did it last week and i kind of backed out of it so uh, i've done it this week it's out there it's in the open Do it what you want likes uh, it mate well done Sammy, i've got yeah, a double
3: bye. twist for you uh oh. in that i've been sent a this will catch on by hammy end editor dan crawford but he wouldn't sing it on camera so i've decided that i'm going to give it for him because he <laughs> wants this to go ahead of the brentford game because he thinks it was a fun one for marco Silva. Um, okay, so we're just going to we live, do this live. We're gonna do this live. All right, so this is a good All right. okay. do it. So, do it. this is to the tune of Amy Winehouse's rehab. And it goes, <laughs> They try to make him go to rehab. Marco said, No, no, no. He lets his wife drive. He bleeds black and white. He won't go, go, go. <laughs>
2: i mean
1: try try to make him go to riyadh
2: (laughs) that is gonna happen that has to happen that's so easy
3: right that's his that's his creation that's so
2: easy to get going (laughs) oh you you won't get to the second part of that song that bit won't catch on but if you just could be continuously he lets lets
3: his wife he lets his wife drive he bleeds black and white he won't go go go
2: (laughs) and that's it that's all you get yeah that's just leave it there and we've got we've got one for saturday like i love it try to i love it but lads i haven't bought a have uh, you not got, a got plot one and oh, wow. i feel like i've let everybody down yeah i was trying to think <laughs> oh, of one on the spot then no
1: no i've uh, it's it's all good dean it's all good maybe okay. maybe over the course Thursday, of the close. season i'll
2: think of one yeah
1: yeah oh love it brilliant top work jack great way well to win the podcast uh and that'll do for today uh thank you very much to jack collins
3: thank you for having me sammy it's been a pleasure
1: and thank you very much, Dean Jones. Lovely to have you. I'm sure it won't be too long till we uh, get you back on the Thursday Club.
2: Yeah, yeah. cheers, lads. Up the whites.
1: All right, uh, George will be back on Sunday reviewing what happens in the Brentford game. Make sure you check out the latest Jack and Joe show, which is out on the YouTube channel. And fingers crossed, we can get another three points against the Bees this weekend. Come on, you whites. You whites.